0: Welcome back to this week's episode of BC Buckets Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Beach-Pattison. And as always, joined by head men's basketball coach of the Briarcliff Chargers, Coach Mark Figuera. Coach, uh, another week down, just one game to talk about here last week. How uh, how are things? How's practice this week so far? How are, uh, how are things looking?
1: Yeah, so far so good. It's kind of weird to have a week with with two games here. First time in a while we've had that. So kind of getting back on a normal schedule, at least for a week here.
0: But things are good. Yeah, you touched on it last week. The last two weeks just had one game a week. But now we, uh, we'll we talk about it here in this coming week, the Wednesday-Saturday slate, just for one week and then have the holiday schedule coming up. But then once January hits in a couple weeks here, that's when we're back hot and heavy with the GPAC Wednesday-Saturday slate. But let's talk about that one game from last week. Coach went up to Orange City, uh, played a really good and well-coached Northwestern team Uh couldn't have probably asked for a better first half from the guys uh, the way they came out, specifically probably on both sides of the floor, um, up 12.5, unfortunately. Uh, as we talked about last week, wasn't able to put a full 40 together, came up on the short end, 64-58 uh, up there at the Boltman Center in our city. Yeah, it's
1: that first half we really defended well. We had tweaked some things over the Thanksgiving break made a couple changes to things nothing nothing too crazy or drastic but I thought the guys really executed what we wanted to do I thought we were able to take Northwestern out of rhythm a little bit and we jumped on them out to a 20 to 4 lead coming out of the gates and our offense was okay in the first half Our, our defense was really really good though I was really really happy with that and then with the hindsight of going back and watching the film a couple times, I realized, I mean, we probably left six to 10 points out there offensively too. And what, what if that leads 14 or 18 instead of 12, you know, that makes a big difference in the game, but uh, it w- we were where we were. I mean, we had a 12 point lead on the, on the road. That's a good place to be. We talked about a couple small tweaks at halftime and just coming out of the gate, I just, didn't love our focus offensively, turned the ball over way too many times in the second half, which led to way too many easy Northwestern points. And even throughout the second half, I, I thought our defense was pretty good. We had a couple breakdowns here and there, and that's going to happen. And gave up a couple offensive rebounds I wish we would have won. But at the end of the day, it was, it was just a really tough offensive second half. And across the board, we didn't shoot well for the game. From three or the free throw line, and, and that obviously hurt us. You know, empty possessions. But uh, there's a lot of good to take from it, particularly on the defensive side. And you know, we were down a man. We were down a starter in Nick Hoyt, and and he'll be back ready to go this week. But not to make excuses because everybody deals with it. But you know, that's a that's a veteran senior who doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes, and so. But a lot of good it. There's some things defensively that we're still tweaking. There's some things offensively we're just mixing up a little bit. And up and again, we're not reinventing the wheel here with what we do. We just need to be a little bit sharper, a little bit more crisp, and we we just have to have a little more value for each possession we get on the offensive side when it comes to taking care of the ball and, and just making sure we're working for a great shot every possession.
0: Yeah. And you know, most people um, who don't probably have the ability to to watch the film that you have the capability to do, they'll just look and turn it the box score right away. And and right away when you have four guys um, scoring in double figures for a game, for the most part, in a high percentage of the time that's going to create a lot of success and a lot of wins uh, specifically for Briarcliff basketball and uh, the type of system and philosophy that we play. Uh, but just unfortunately, that second half, like you alluded to, just wasn't able to get some shots, uh, maybe played a little sloppy. But uh, most times when you look at a box score right away and see four guys in double figures, it, it's going to be really good. Uh, there are obviously things that we keep track of and your staff does that doesn't show up in the box score right away. But when you look right away, uh, balanced scoring, but uh, at the end of the day, just – Tough night, uh tough night making those shots.
1: Yeah, and that's, unfortunately that that's the way it goes. And I I do feel like, and I'm sure our guys do too, especially after watching some of the film, I feel like we shot ourselves in the foot offensively. And it, it was the possessions that we didn't get a shot that beat us more than it was we shot 20% from three and forty-seven percent from the free throw line. If you take away six careless senseless turnovers that we have and you score on two of those six possessions all of a sudden that could make a huge impact on the game and so we we just have to be a little more sharp with that and we have to be just a little more crisp with our passing and we got just a little lackadaisical with it and that's something we have to clean up and it's it's a pretty
0: easy fix but we we have to go out and do it now. Yeah, you talk about having to go out and do it now. Tough uh, tough one to lose, Sixty-four, fifty-eight last week on the road at Northwestern. But you look at this week, we have that Wednesday-Saturday slate, and we look to Wednesday's game, and we talk almost every episode, it seems like, about up and down, how competitive and how tough the GPAC is. But there's something about this game here Wednesday, and I'm probably going to speak for both uh, both parties here, There's something about the Briarcliff-Morningside rivalry that you get a little extra amp for, a little extra hyped on both sides, Uh, both players, staffs, fan bases all across the board. The whole whole city, it seems like, doesn't seem like it matter where that game is played. Morningside, uh, a little more improved from last year's team. Uh, Coach Miller's done a good job here in his second year bringing a really good team across town. Uh, We got our hands full here Wednesday night.
1: Yeah. You what, Morningside's looked really, really good this year. You look at their record coming in, they're eight and two. They, they had an overtime loss on the road to Doan. And then their other loss is actually to Northwest Missouri State, who's one of the elite programs in all of college basketball, winners of four of the last five national titles in NCAA Division II. And Morningside played that and, and counted it towards their record, where most people would uh, probably count that as an exhibition game. But, uh, you know, got to respect the competitiveness of it. But uh, Morning, Morning Tide's really good. They are tough as nails. And just talking to people around the league and people who have played them, there's one thing everybody says, they play so hard. And that sounds cliche probably, but you can't say that for every team you play. And they're obviously talented offensively, multiple weapons multiple guys averaging double figures. Defensively, I think, is where they've really taken over some games. And they're just they aggressive. They're going to try to force turnovers. They're going to try to take you out of your rhythm. It seems like every game they get one, maybe two runs where it's eight to two or ten to two, and four of those points they're getting are off. We call them pick six turnovers. Fly ball, going for a layup the other way. They're just really, really good at that. They have a lot of guys with a knack to, to go get, get the ball, to get steals. And so that presents some issues. You have to – you can't play timid. You have to be aggressive, but you have to be very smart about how you're aggressive. And so, you know, defensively is what stood out to me more than anything. But they – offensively, they share the ball. They, You know, they can go inside. They can, they can go outside. They ball screen well multiple guys who can really shoot it from three, but it's one of the things, and it's the compliment to Morningside over the past 10, 12 years, they've had a lot of consistency in their program and what they do on both sides of the ball. And some people may say it's simple and basic what they do, but gosh dang, if that's the case, and I don't even know if I believe that's what it is, but it's really effective and they're really really good at what they do and that's that's one of the utmost compliments I can pay an opponent is that they're just they know who they are and they're good at what they do and so like you said Bobby this is it's a rivalry game it's a fun game we're gonna have a huge crowd at the Flanagan Center this Wednesday and yeah it's easy to get up for that game it's easy to be ready to play but when it comes down to it that can only take you so far That'll, that'll get you through the first couple of minutes. And then as you settle into the game, you have to fall back on your fundamentals. You have to fall back on doing what you do best and doing it at a really high level. That That's how you win high-powered games like this. And one of the other things, I, I and I always say this, but it, it, it's so true. You look around the country in NAI basketball, there's not... I don't know that there's another situation like we have in Sioux City, Iowa, where you have two really good programs, a lot of history, a lot of success. The last seven GPAC championships are in Sioux City, Iowa, um, even though two of those are shared. But for all intents and purposes, the last seven GPAC titles are in Sioux City, Iowa. So there's a lot on the line. It's a fun game. It's a game where we're going to play in front of a huge crowd and, you have to take a second, take it all in, go out and have some fun. Because we're pretty fortunate that we get to, to do that twice a year. And I don't know that anybody else has that in the country. That's pretty special.
0: Well, yeah, you couldn't be more right. And I, I know that just looking at Morningside here quick, uh, coming into the game Wednesday, a lot of familiar names going to be playing there. Guys like uh, Doble, uh, Vanderloo, Pot but the one guy in particular who the last three years it seemed like is just getting better and better and better and uh, a guy that uh, my last year coaching was his first year in the league and you could see some glimpses, but Joey Scoff, uh, one of their starting guards, he has really kind of taken that leap this year it seems like uh, is more of kind of an all-around player when it comes to putting the ball on the floor, making jump shots, attacking the rim but defensively on that side of the floor too and just very impressed with with what all of those guys bring to the table but it just seems like he's kind of separated himself as one of those guys who is really year by year by year since he got to morningside has just continually gotten better and better in every facet of his game
1: yeah he, he's good you know a couple of years ago when he was a freshman we played him at at our place and that was one of the first games he really played a big role, and I think he came in and had twenty off the bench against us. So we uh, we were introduced to him quickly that night. But he he's really good. I mean, Joey scoffs playing at a at an all conference level for sure. And want of you, know, you look across their team though, you got scoff averaging double figures. You have Doble averaging double figures. You have Trey Powers who's right there. You have Dotsler averaging double. And then a guy coming off the bench and Aiden Vanderloo who was a first team All GPAC player last year, coming off the bench and working back from an injury. That's some weapons. So it's, it's a little bit of a pick your poison. And we've had teams like that. I mean, we have a team like that right now where, where you can go a lot of which ways and, and feed a hot hand. And so there's luxuries to that, but there's also nightmares in preparing for that and what you're trying to take away or who you're trying to take away. But they're they're just really balanced and they've had multiple leading scores throughout ten games they've played and that that's a compliment to them and we're going to have to be really locked in defensively to make sure we're we're executing what what our game plan is going to be
0: without a doubt and that's that's a big one here and the first of the second game that's on Wednesday night, MorningSide traveling across town. Big matchup in the Flanagan Center. Women's game is going to tip off at six with a men's game to follow at 745 for that one. And then, Coach, we we turn to Saturday and at home again, which is nice, having two home games in the same week. At home Saturday against the Midland Warriors team, who's off to a 4-7 and seven start this year. Uh, new coaching staff. Uh, lost uh, a little bit of scoring from last year with guys like Bowen Sanquist. But bring back a couple of household names for people with – Uh, Emmanuel Bryson, uh, Maylu, Jake Rushoff, a couple of guys that uh, can score the basketball. What have you kind of noticed so far with uh, the new staff in Midland? Are they kind of running the same thing, a little bit different? Uh, What have you guys noticed uh, with Midland? I know we got to take one game at a time. You're in Morningside, but what have you guys seen so far uh, with Midland?
1: Yeah, the second, second games of the week are harder to answer questions about because we don't do a whole lot until the first one's over. But we we've seen Midland on film throughout G, get, getting ready for some other G-Pack teams. Uh, they played they played Northwestern right before we did, so we got a chance to see them. We actually played in the Dakota State Classic with them, so we saw them live for for a game. However, we, we were scouting the, the team they were playing. So, so there's a lot of similarities between what they've done the last few years. They run some good motion. They have some guys who can really shoot it from three. And they graduated a couple of really explosive scorers from a year ago. And I, I think they're probably a little more balanced this year where some of the guys you mentioned, Ryan Larson can really score it for them. They start a couple of freshmen. I mean, I, I think they're really talented. They're kind of young and, and maybe a tad on the inexperienced side, but you look at some of the games, I mean, they gave Northwestern a good game. They, this past Saturday, were down pretty big to doored at half and came back and took the lead in the last minute and all and ended up losing that game by one, I believe. But they're they're capable. They've kind of been knocking on the door and they're right there. And it's gonna be they beat us here last year. <laughs> you know, and it's it's one of those where, like I said, it's it's pretty easy to get up and excited and ready to go for morningside. And I mean no disrespect to anybody when I say this, but when you turn around that next game sometime, an immature and inexperienced team might be ready for a letdown. But what I know and what you know, and I certainly hope what our guys know, is that every GPAC game is a huge game, and you dang well better be ready to go from the get-go no matter what. And so we'll, we'll put a lot of you know, time and effort into getting ready for Midland when the time's right here. But uh, as we record this, that's about the basics I can
0: give you for right now. And just kind of touching a little bit, uh, and and we've talked about it kind of last year when we were going through the Wednesday-Saturday slate, but for those who might not be at practice every single day or um, overly involved with the program on a day-to-day basis, what does that kind of following day practice look like for you guys a little bit when you've got um, either a Morningside Wednesday, Midland Saturday, or a Midland Wednesday, Morningside Saturday? How does that Thursday Friday practice slate and format layout kind of look for you guys when you do have the the January grueling and February month coming up here of the Wednesday-Saturday GPAC schedule? Well, we haven't had it a whole lot this year, Bobby, and, and we
1: haven't had a true GPAC Wednesday-Saturday. We played a, a couple of Wednesday-Saturdays, but only one of them was a GPAC game, and so we haven't actually been through this yet. But that Thursday, a lot of times we take it pretty light Thursdays, a day we we lift during the season. We lift twice: season Mondays and Thursdays. So the guys get a, get in the weight room in the in the afternoon. We're always going to watch some film from Wednesday night's game. Things we can learn, things we did well, things we need to improve on, whatever it may be. And generally, we're going to start and watch just a little bit of film with the guys on our on our next opponent, which in this case will be Midland. And then from there, we're gonna we're gonna get a bunch of shots up. A good 30 minutes of nothing but shooting uh we might walk through some things that that Saturday team will do we might get a little five on a win and that's it we're pretty light that's uh one of the things I've I don't know if I've changed my philosophy on this but over the last seven eight years really taking into account just trying to keep our guys as healthy and fresh physically as we as we possibly can and we're we're at a point right now it's December, whatever it is, first week of December. And we're 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 approaching fifty practices for the season already. And, and I mean, we played we played nine games with a lot more to go. And we just have to do everything we can to keep the guys as fresh as we can. And so that Thursday, a lot of times we're gonna take it really light, we're gonna shoot, we're gonna watch film, we're gonna be done, and then we can come back Friday get after it a little bit, really focused in on on that Saturday opponent. And then you kind of do it all over again starting the next week, which is which is why the last couple of weeks have been really nice for us with a, a little bit lighter game schedule. Is that we just had a lot of practice time and we needed to tweak some things defensively. And we needed to make some adjustments here or there offensively and you need you need repetitions to do that. You can't just I can't say hey guys we're gonna do this and then expect that they're just going to be able to go do it the next night with practicing it for 10 minutes. We, you need day after day repetition of that to, to build those habits. And so it's been really good for us, and I hope we're ready to,
0: to see the payoff on the floor. For sure. So, yeah, big week coming up here. Wednesday, Saturday, GPAC. Uh, start first game of the week. Wednesday at home at the Newman-Flanagan Center against Crosstown Rivals, Morningside. Women's game for that will tip off here at 6.00. And then the men's game will tip off at 745. So highly, highly encourage and recommend anyone listening to this who is within earshot of Sioux City, please get to the new Flanagan Center. It's going to be a great crowd. Coach, I would imagine all three levels probably going to be about as full as they can be. It seems like it is that way every year. It's so want to get be. out for the – be. Yeah, exactly. I know the students are still there, so Blue Crew will be out in full force. And then he turned to Saturday at home once again against uh, a really good Midland team. Women's game for them for that will tip off here at two with a men's game to follow at three forty-five. So two chances this week to catch both men and women in action here in the Flanagan center. Well, coach, now we have uh, something a little new. Haven't had a whole lot of uh, questions sent to us for you, but got one this week from uh, an anonymous third party <laughs> sent me a, uh, sent me an email asking you a uh, pretty good question here, but, uh, as a head coach, what opponent and what other G school is your favorite to coach against? Or which one do you kind of get the most ramped up and excited about, would you say? Wow, that's a that's a good question.
1: And I'm gonna I'm gonna answer it three different ways to actually answer the question. It's it's hard not to say morningside. When you when you when you have two schools in the same city with a with a long-standing rivalry like I said five minutes ago it's pretty freaking awesome to be a part of and so that's it's just special so that's that's my answer to the actual question I think I've been asked before where's your favorite place to play in terms of building environment facility and as much as I really don't even like the place, the corn palace is so unique that it's, it's pretty cool to play there. And then just from a, from a personal standpoint, I coached at Hastings college for a couple years and have some really, really good memories of my time there. And so that's always kind of just a fun place for, for us to go for me. There's still people there I know, and it's, it's kind of cool. And unfortunately I did play in this league, but my alma mater is no longer. So that would have been uh, along the same lines. But uh, so I'm going to answer that question with Morningside. But there's a couple caveats to some other things, too. But uh, that, that's my answer to the question.
0: Well, that's great that you enjoy your trips to Hastings. It was more of a nightmare for me. So I'm glad that that was one of your answers. That's great. Well,
1: when you bring things upon yourself because you don't do your job at a high level, you have
0: nobody to blame, but yourself. And I'm going to take that one in the chest uh, to my grave. But to this day, I still don't understand why Hastings Nebraska has two different McDonald's, but that's neither here nor there. Well, we're going to wrap it up here, coach, but first and foremost, we'd be doing our job if we didn't do the shout outs for this week. So I'll let you kick us off here for uh, the shout out you got this week. Yeah. I'm going to do a
1: preemptive shout out to the blue crew. For this week for both games because this is your last chance Briarcliff students to to be in the student section while school is going on until january 18th so we're talking like five weeks away so we're expecting big things from you this week so don't let us down
0: yeah big uh big announcement there to the blue crew i would imagine coach with uh, not only being five weeks out to the next one, but just for the fact, it's morning side blue crew will be out in full force. So, definitely want to get out there for that. My shout out this week is actually going to go uh, to an avid listener. Um, I uh, had the chance of understanding here uh, someone that I relate with, fellow student coach um, at Briarcliff. Want to give a shout out to uh, to Austin Bush, who I know, coach. When you first got to Briarcliff, was a student coach. Uh, I know him and my wife were trading emails. They were working on uh, a work project together, so he told her he was an avid listener of the podcast, so appreciate him. And uh, shout out to another uh, student coach legend. Bushy. Bushy bushy was a student coach my first year at Briarcliff, and he, he
1: was a good one. They had a little bit of a debacle at the national tournament that year, but uh, he was a good one. Definitely the best dunking student coach we've ever had. Ooh, Maybe not. Brady Brockhouse might be. But uh, regardless, he was the first good dunking student coach. So I'll, I'll double a shout-out to Bushy.
0: And, Coach, uh, you might be able to correct me quick on this. The debacle you're referring to was, in fact, the red jerseys for the scout team. And was that so much uh, – I know it's a package deal. A little bit more on built there than Bushy?
1: Or... Well, built wasn't around yet. That was, he was still a year away. It was actually on on Spencer Faye, as I was told, and then they tried to put it on me somehow. But that's a story for a different day.
0: Gotcha. Well, yeah, no. Shout out to uh, shout out to Austin. Appreciate you listening, man. Always nice to know the fellow student coaches listen to the podcast. Fellow Bradcliff alum, still still rocking the alma mater. Gotta love it. Well, that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Like I said, two big games this week. Wednesday at home against Morningside. Women's game will tip off at 6 with the men at 7.45. And then Saturday once again in the Flanagan against Midland. Warriors are coming to town. Women will tip off at 2 and the men at 3.45. So, Coach, two more chances this week to go get some big dubs. Best of luck to you and the boys. And we will talk to you next week. And keep it rolling. I'll leave, I'll leave, I'll leave, Thanks, Bobby. I'll